Logic, the place for informative, no holds barred, and entertaining banter. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm in the studio with AJ. What's going on, y'all? Glad to be back this week. Thank you for everybody who wrote in. Looking forward to hearing more from you. We're going to give you a great episode today. Let's get it. And we also have in the studio your friend, your boy. It's your boyfriend, D. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's D. Uh, I want to let everyone know that, uh, you know, the love has been great for Dude Logic. It hasn't been so great for me uh, on Twitter. And I think it's probably because uh, people confuse me with Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. <laughs> um, however, I will say this I still love you all. And I know that the love is coming. But, Chris and AJ, I got a question. And I, I think it kind of, you know, can open up the show. As a man in the 21st century, do you think it's right or it's fair that a man should have to jump through flaming hoops just to get the draws? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't like that imagery, flaming hoops. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I never, uh, uh, me and flames of any kind just don't, don't oh, get them. Okay, let, let me, let me, uh, That's let me fire. dress. <laughs> I don't like fire. Fire doesn't sound good to me. Let me dress up the imagery here. Uh, let's say that you have a young lady that you're interested in, but for whatever reason, uh, it appears as though her demeanor and, and her behavior uh, reflects that of a high school senior uh, instead of someone that is approaching 30. Yeah, I don't deal with those Yeah, people I don't think it's all. worth it, dude. Like those, they don't even make the bench. They don't make the team at all. Like, they, they got cut before first cuts. For me, they shouldn't <laughs> even be allowed in the stands. The hell with that. You don't even get in the building. Yeah, yeah pr- pretty much. Uh, so apparently, our boy uh, Deshane has some some real feeling. Is this coming from real life? Yeah, this, this is a real situation. It's oh, okay. real. Like, All right. Okay, here's the situation. I'm supposed to go out with with a female friend. Okay, and she she works a a double. She doesn't get off until nine o'clock. Right. So here I am doing the the podcast, filling time in. You know, hanging out with the fellas, and I get a phone call. Oh, you canceled on me because you made other plans. You doing this? Da 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 da. And then she hangs up. Ten minutes later, she calls me back, not even letting me explain that this is just the field time in until you get off work. Then it's like, oh, I thought you were canceling. I mean, but I don't feel good anyway, so just call me later. Like, well, really? That quantify as chick logic, Chris? That's pretty much chick logic, man. Yeah, pretty much chick logic. That's what it sounds like. I mean, I'm, I, I'm all for it, but at the same time, I'm not. Like, So, so here we go. Here's, here's the question, because, you know, it's dude logic. It's all about what we, what we do, right? Same situation in reverse, Chris. You're having a long day at work, you know? And you know you have plans to go hang out with a young lady, a good friend of yours, later that evening. She hits you with a text message somewhere during the middle of the day. Say, hey, let me know what's going on later tonight. You don't do anything or respond in any way until you call her when you finally do get off. Your first move is to say or do what? I mean, I'd expect that someone else would make plans. They're not going to sit by the phone waiting on me to get off work and get with them. Sure as hell ain't going to do that. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, somebody leave me hanging in alert. I'm going to make plans. I will find, even if plans is reading a book by myself, I have made plans for the evening. You make me wait too long, your opportunity will... Crash and burn. Yeah, dwindle. Much, It'll yeah. go away. Yeah. Yep. But my thing is this. You know, uh, I'm, I'm just going to be real honest. I got a little, you know, cinnamon fireball in my system, so I'm feeling good, feeling great. We'll talk about that a little bit later. 
But I mean, it, it just it drives me crazy that I'm even friends because it's like, dude, you're damn near 30. I'm already 30. Like this is something that we did back in high school. Why is this continuing now? You know, and I'm kind of frustrated that I allow it. But I mean, she ain't got nobody else. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it's like, damn, if I cut off, she ain't gonna have nobody. <laughs> I guess that's a side effect of her being the way that she is, though, huh? So you saying this is a pity friend? I wouldn't call it a pity friend. It's it's a booty partner. <laughs> um, How much of partners are you in this venture? Really, it's just all about the spank, spank, sheet, shake, and then going about your bin. Uh, I feel you on that one. Not not really nothing more. I mean, I, I a long time ago I wanted more, and you know was shot down. Wasn't taken serious. Uh, she's made, you know, some mistakes in life and in people and decisions, period. And I've always been there to be supportive. Um, not so much because of, of the, the attraction, but I mean, hell, whenever Rocky got beat up, somebody was always in his corner to put a stool down and tell him to spit. Right. So just trying to be there and be supportive. And now all of a sudden she wants to explore things that I was interested in with her seven to 10 years ago. So dude, if it's all about the spank spank, why, why is all the emotions involved? Cause it's stupid. You get you getting mad at me for doing me like you my chick. We ain't even together. So, so quick question, Chris. Were you asking Shane why he has emotion or why no, she no, why was... she has all these emotions coming? Are you all on the same Chris. level here? No. Chris, are, are you serious? I'm on third base and she on the bench at the end of the stadium. Chris, are you serious? Go you ahead. Yeah. State your opinion, AJ. You you asked why a woman was being emotional. <laughs> I was alluding to it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Chris. Uh, I think we all know the answer Come to that Come on, one. Chris. Hey, man. I need you to put dude logic drop on him. <laughs> Maybe I have been super fortunate in my life, but when there is a mutual understanding that it is the way you have described it, the emotions don't come. Actually, they do. They or, do. Or maybe and I just don't stick around long enough. Well... It's not, well, I mean, it could be, but it's happened to me once before, actually, with uh, the ha, young lady that got me my first time in life. It was supposed to just be a, you know, friends with benefits type thing. And uh, next thing I know, I'm getting letters in my locker, like in high school. And she's like, oh, I'm really feeling you. I want to be with you. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, no, we had this conversation. We agreed it was strictly B. X, Y, and Z. Why are you trying to bring A, B, and C into the picture? It ended ugly, uh, as it should have, because I kind of took her from somebody. Um, but yeah, that, that was, she allowed that. So I digress. Ultimately, it just behooves me at the, the attitude that I received because I wasn't blowing her phone up, acting like a horny teenager, and then she's not even trying to go out anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's that's the part that just has me like scratching my head trying to figure it out. But you know what? That's chick logic. It's not for me to know. That's the kicker, dude, man. Maybe next time on chick logic, we need to bring this situation up again and see just what I, what's in there. I would be interested to uh, to hear from our chick logic professor. I have several ladies who would love to to participate in the chick logic segment. So we, we got we got plenty on deck who are, who are ready to go. And to add something to the conversation. And I'm excited about the opportunity to have them come in and speak their piece. So let's make it happen. Uh, 
fans, if if you're out here and you're listening, let us know if you what if anything you really want to hear about during our next Chick Logic segment. Because it's not going to be as tame as it was last time. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna be as tame as I was last time. Bottoms up. We're bringing the pain. Shot, shot, shot. So, shot. so you you mentioned the fireball. Go ahead and tell that story, man. Oh man, um, you know, went out to the liquor store trying to get a little sippy sippy for the evening, you know, and uh, ran across the cinnamon fireball. I'm like, yo, can't go wrong with cinnamon, and it's alcohol. That's a great combination. You don't want to go with the uh, Southern Comfort? Hell no, that brings back bad memories from Tampa Bay. We're not gonna talk about. Um, so, you know, got it and, and they actually, we've got it off the shelf, but they have it in the refrigerator in the back if you want to chill. So we're actually taking shots of chilled cinnamon fire right now. And I'm telling you, it is amazing. I could sip on this stuff like water. (laughs) But water doesn't make you eventually pass out. Exactly. It can if you consume large quantities in short amounts of time. Water cannot erase memories. This is true. But you know what? Alcohol can present some great ones, too. It, it does. Yeah. It does create memories. I feel like this might be a tie-in <laughs> into the main topic. Yes, yes, it is. The main topic. Ah. So, so what, what, is, what is the main topic for today? If, if anyone's wondering why we're over here, like, uh, the latest man with my Kovacier... Uh, just sipping on our, our, our fireball is because, you know, we felt like we needed to get into character. You know, I'm a method actor. And what, what's the topic of the day, Chris? The topic of the day is know your booze. Having a working oh. knowledge of liquor and libations. Yes. Yes. Mm. So we're, we're going to so talk I- about how knowing your liquor and libations helps you in life. How it helps you get women how it just helps you in general. Okay, I'm going to jump in real quick. As a man, you cannot be running around drinking fruity drink. <laughs> the women will see you as one of them. And I'm not speaking in terms of being able to go in the Victoria's Secret dressing room with them. No, they're going to look at you as a Mitch, and you're definitely not going to get their attention. Now, at the same time, you can't be running around drinking a, a dirty brandy on the rocks either. You got to mix it up. You got to have something that's sensible yet manly. Because otherwise, you could be on one of the, the opposite ends of extremes. Women, they're going to like their drinks. I know some women that drink harder alcohol than men, and that's because I think secretly they are men. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. You got to know how to present yourself with what you have in your hand when you're approaching a woman, period. Okay. So what types of drinks are we talking about for men that you should stay away from? Thou shall not fruit the beer. <laughs> okay. Any beer with fruit in it, man law violation. Man law violation. If oh. it is any hue of red, man law violation. Man law violation. Man law violation. If it comes in a cylinder cup and it looks like it could be a uh, apple teeny, man law violation. If you drink it with a spiral straw or an umbrella in it, man law violation. <laughs> so AJ, let, let me ask you about this then, man. Because 
Blue Moon often comes with the with the orange piece in it, man. Is that a man law violation? It is well within man law to take that orange and throw it across the room. Because <laughs> Blue Moon is delicious without orange peels inside. Gotcha. Now, but you know what? Sometimes I might eat the orange peel because it's refreshing, but it does not go inside my beer. But if it was put inside your beer, I think it's okay to eat that orange because it has soaked up the beer juice. Okay, now are we talking about okay, drinking so, drinking this uh, by ourselves, or are we trying to get attention? No, no, no. Because if you're trying to get attention, this is what you do: you take that empty ass glass, you go out to the center of the floor, and you eat that damn orange piece like it's the last piece of fruit on the damn planet. <laughs> okay, I'll give you an anecdote okay. about this. So here, I will give you. Okay, go ahead, Chris. I went to an Oakland A's game. They were playing the New York Yankees, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, I go up here and I get me a Blue Moon." Okay. At the Coliseum, they serve their blue moons with the orange peels in them, like with the orange slices in them. So, you know, me being me, okay. I was like, okay, I'll just pick this up, eat this, and then I'll partake in my beer. Was that a violation of man law? Uh, yes. I'm going to say no. Uh, well, we disagree. That's and not the first time. No, sure as hell won't be the last. The reason why it wasn't a man law violation is because, one, you consumed it while you were still at the stand which means no one probably saw it except the people that gave you the beer and maybe the two people standing out in the area that weren't already intoxicated. I think that's okay. The other thing is that you're at a sporting event. It's not like you're at uh, the club, something that's more intimate. You're at a sporting event. So for me, that would be passable. It's close, but it's passable. Uh, I, I give that a no pass. The only time it is okay to have something to drink with fruit in it as if 151 or Everclear is the main ingredient to that punch. That's it. That's it. If you do not have a proof of over 150, it is not okay to include fruit. Wait a minute, but we, we made a drink, the five-leaf clover, and, and it doesn't have any of that in it, and it's one of the greatest drinks ever. It is. It is one of the greatest drinks ever. But it's a fruity drink. It's smooth. It's, it's smooth, but all of the, the fruit taste is artificial and comes from liquor. Doesn't matter. It, it, it fits the parameters of your quote-unquote violation. It really does. No, because it has to have real fruit in it. We didn't have any real fruit. So we're talking about hard and fast rules. What about some just kind of soft type rules? Like if your girl would enjoy it, would you drink it? Uh, yes, because I appreciate women. Who drink scotch like I do? Okay, let me let me let me substantiate this a little bit. If your girl who is not knowledgeable about liquors would drink it, would you drink it? Hell no. That's called a setup. If she's if she's not knowledgeable of what she's consuming, and you are as just as ignorant in terms of not knowing, and you're consuming as well, that's a man law violation. You're supposed to know what you drink. That's just like putting the wrong motor oil in your car. Well, it said 5W30. I put 10W20. Does it matter? It's oil. Yes, it matters. That's the whole reason why there's a damn label telling you what to put in your car. Same thing applies to men and drinks. You should know what you're drinking. You can never go wrong with the Hen and Coke. Uh, hell, I'll even go as far as saying a tequila sunrise will get you by. Long Island iced tea is one of my favorites. 
Uh, and that's just, you know, some of the things that you can probably consume at most restaurants and, and other locations. So uh, what do you think, AJ? I like to stick with the classics, man. A few years ago, I just I made the decision that I was going to diversify my palate. And uh, I looked at some of the older gentlemen in my life that I looked up to. And I, and I said, why is it that they drink some of the things that they drink? So I started saying, you know, what is it about this scotch thing? Let me go ahead and, and delve into that. What is it about the brandy or, or the whiskey or, or, you know, other cordials like gin? You know, that I, I had to start drinking them straight up because I wanted to really get a sense of the flavor of the liquor. So I've, I've become I've become very. Uh, I've, I've become. A Stuck. fan, a fan of drinking straight liquor, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the if I'm going if I'm going to drink, you know, I mean, I don't drink very often anymore. Uh, my, my lifestyle deems it unnecessary to do so. So Same when I do, uh, <laughs> I rock a beard and I drink straight liquor. I knew he was going to go to that most interesting man <laughs> in the world thing. <laughs> when I do, <laughs> I rock a beard and I drink straight liquor, yes. No, but um, honestly, if I'm out and about and I'm trying to drink some sort of drink to, just to enjoy myself, uh, here's one for, for the listeners. Uh, the Jim Jones. If you don't know who Jim Jones is, and no, I'm not talking about the rapper from New York. Ballin'. Uh, <laughs> go look it up. And then you'll have an understanding as to why it's such a deadly drink. But Jim Jones, check it out. Well, actually, I did want to ask you a question because, I mean, you know, we're setting this up at the, as the main topic. So we want our listeners to have some takeaways. And the takeaways that I'm thinking would be useful for our listeners would be if you're in certain situations, what's an appropriate drink for a guy to have? So let's say you're at a wedding. It's an open bar there. What type of drink do you get? Whatever is available. That's oh, it. Yeah. Give me a hand. Give me a hand and coke. I'd probably stick to darks only because, you know, in a wedding setting, people are going to be emotional. It's already going to be, you know, family, friends. So you want to stick with something that'll kind of get you right, get you through the evening and prepare you for that All night. Right. But I, I would say, you know, some one of the darkies uh, in terms of alcohol, stick with your browns, um, Hennessy. Crown Royal, something like that. Um, it could be straight. It could be with Coke. You know, mix it with with something. But I think that that would get you through. Uh, at no point should you ever consume wine unless it is during and the, the toast, right? Toast. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, period. I, I go to a wedding. I'm normally with the Hennessy Crown Royal. I might take it straight, but it's definitely a dark, and I only consume champagne or wine during the toast. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. AJ? Uh, unlike you, gentlemen, I actually enjoy wine and Mitch. have a pretty developed palate when it comes to the wines as well. I started out with Italian wines, moved on to French wines. Now I'm on some Argentinian, Chilean, uh, some, some Germanic wines here and there. There's plenty out there, man. You got to be able to, 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 to try it out. I mean, and then at the end of the day, it's still straight even though it's not as high in alcohol content as some of the other things. But, I mean, you, you have to understand and, and know a little bit about wine. Uh, in case you find yourself in a situation where you're around some cultured people and, and need to be able to impress. 
I don't need to impress them. I just need to drink. <laughs> so, so do we agree then that you take your stuff mostly straight at a wedding, at a wedding ceremony? All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So yes, let's indeed. say you're at the club. You're a nice little spot. You you with your boys. You're not necessarily with a female or anything, and you just had a nice little spot. Maybe meet a female. What do you get? What do you get for yourself, and what do you get for her? Well, one, I'm gonna break the rule and 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 ask the cardinal sin question: What are you having? Nine times out of ten, she's already gonna have a drink in her hand because one, a lot of clubs entice the women to come out by offering them free drinks or a free drink type. So I'm not gonna go against the grain. If it's something you want, I'm gonna ask you: Hey, what are you drinking? Let me get it for you. For myself, I would order something straight. Dirty and on the rocks. Period. A man's so, drink. Are, are we talking about vodka here? Is vodka included in this? All right. Yeah. If, yes. Yeah. So, so we, sure. we we're not discriminating between dark and light then. No, not okay. not in a club setting. No. I'll I'll drink some tequila blanco all day long and añejo and reposado. I don't care. Uh, as far as purchasing a drink for the ladies. You know what? I might have somebody, you know, some young ladies who are going to be upset with me, but it is not my style to buy women drinks in the club. I'm sorry. You already think that it's okay that everything is given to you for free when you go out. I'm not okay with that. And I don't know why I should have to buy you a drink to enjoy your company. You want to talk to me? No, no, no. See, that's where I got to stop you. You're not buying her a drink to enjoy her company. You're buying her a drink to get her away from the wolf pack. Mm. How about you actually just use your charm and intellect to do the you same thing? You know how many thing? people no, are using it their charm and intellect, AJ? <laughs> You're not the only dude in the club who is an intellectual. <laughs> the wolf pack sees right through that. Okay, first, first thing first, uh, most men are not on my level, so their charm and intellect just doesn't match, all right? Second off, um... Any person that goes to the club thinking they have swag does not have charm and intellect. Okay, so if they ever use the word swag, they're automatically no longer even a viable option for any woman out there. And if they don't have a beard, it's game over. Okay, I'm done. I win. You lost. Uh, But no, in all seriousness, man, like, no, really. I should be able to have a conversation with a young lady without having to offer her something and still be able to get her attention. And if... She's not the type to respond to me unless I'm buying her a drink, then she's not the type I want to deal with anyway. So you just described 98% of the women that are in clubs now. I'm selective. I don't just talk to anybody. I want somebody that's going to want to talk to me on an intellectual level or vibe with me on a level, and it doesn't mean that I have to show her some sort of, of outward show of, oh, I have money, and take it. No. All right, I'm about to bust your blood. Last time I had a young lady walk up to me and ask me to buy her a drink, I said, well, obviously you're interested in having a conversation with me. Why don't you buy me a drink? How did that go over? All right, I'm okay. Yeah, she bought me a drink. Did you have a beard? Yeah, I, when's the last time I shaved? Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to bust you, okay? Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. It does not count when you're buying whoa, bottles. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. You, you, you cut me off. <laughs> I couldn't even finish, and you're already trying to defend yourself. Wait a minute, that guilty party, okay? So this is what happens when you have friends who know way too much of your business, <laughs> okay? Tampa Bay, all right, 
this is this is an unofficial man law as uh, written by AJ. If you are buying bottles in the club, it does not count if other people partake of said bottles because there's no way you're going to make it through the night if you don't share with the population. All right, so let me ask you this, AJ, and this is something new for Dude Logic. I- I'm going to put you up to a challenge, okay. man, because you're sitting here bragging about your intellect and everything. So in my field, when we're trying to pitch to different companies and trying to you know, show them our technology to commercialize Got it, you. we have what's called the elevator pitch. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes. Three to five minute synopsis of utility of whatever you're doing and how it can affect mankind and why they should invest, why the money, the capital should be there. So, AJ, give me your elevator pitch that you get to Mm. in the club. It is. That makes your intellect and your charm shine through. Okay. Hmm. You need a minute, don't you? No, I don't need a minute at all. Well, then the the clock has started. You want to know what my elevator pitch is, Chris? It's this right here. Hello, my name's AJ. I, you know, was wondering if we could have a conversation. Just that simple. She can say yes or no. She says no, I'll walk away. You have a great evening. Thank you. Uh, she says yes. We begin to talk. The conversation changes every time. I don't need an elevator pitch. I'm not formulaic. I don't use the same thing on everybody that I talk to. I play the situation as it comes to me. Certain women are going to expect different conversation than others. Got to be paying attention. An elevator pitch just ends up, you know, becoming mundane after a while. It sounds fake. It sounds like it's rehearsed. I'm not, I'm not that dude. I'm an original. So you're, you're saying that you're... You don't think 50 other dudes in the club are saying the exact same thing? Nope. Pretty much. <laughs> not at all. You know, you know what my favorite movie is? Chris, you call me the mouth for a reason. I never run out of anything to say, man. Hold on. You, you know what my favorite movie is? I like I like it when you take the Batman approach. You ever heard about that? Batman approach is where you off in the corner in the dark, peering out, you know, kind of seeing what's going on around you, who's what. Then you can also pinpoint what a wolf pack is. Men, you always got to know what a wolf pack is because I'm guaranteeing you they got their eyes locked on you long before you get your eyes locked on their friend. The reason why women go out in packs, you have the one, call her the fine one. Define wine because she's the one that everybody's going to be after. And her friends de-escalate in beauty all the way down to the pocketbook holder. And she's also known as the linebacker. She's going to be the one that runs the main interference for anybody trying to run up and talk to the friends. The Batman approach, you wait in the corner, you hit the wolf pack. You hit them one at a time. Compliments. Disappear. Compliments. Walk off. By the end of the night, one of them is willing to open that side gate and let you in. It's not foolproof, but it has worked. You have to find a way to get in a locked car. And if somebody happens to hand you a key, I'm not worried about who it is as long as I get the car. Bottom line is, sometimes you have to show them, and by them I mean the wolf pack, that you're not afraid to go around that no one expects you to go. Because ultimately, it might not necessarily get you what you want, but other people are paying attention too. Man, this dude talked to the truck driver. What's wrong with him? But I might be the one that's escorting all these ladies to their cars at the end of the night. So it might present an opportunity for me 
to get what I was after without interference. Whereas if I do the AJ and just walk up and say, I'm an ear, get out of my face. Conversation's over. <laughs> you know, so it, on to the next one. You just saved me some time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Because clearly, if you're going to allow your girls to make a decision for you, I don't want to deal with you. But AJ, didn't we say, what was it, two podcasts ago, that this is something that is very common among women? What, the, the going out in packs? Well, not even that, just consulting with their girls. Yeah, it is. But I also said I'm not a fan of it, and that you should be able to make decisions on your own without consulting your girls. We also made the statement that we also, as men, talk to our boys from time to time. But what you or anybody else tells me is not going to define whether or not I decide to talk to a young lady. If you find me attractive, if you feel some sort of connection off the top, don't listen to what your friends say. Listen to what you say, what your heart is telling you. It's not that difficult. Interpersonal relationships are not hard. Walk up, say hello, have a conversation. It is just that. But, but you have to remember, AJ, we're in the glorious city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Cats will grab a female's arm. Hey, man, lady. Hey, baby, let me holla at you. Like, even though it's evolved from that phase, the whole stop and approach and conversate pretty much happens everywhere. And the problem is what I think you got to understand if it's an attractive woman, it's old to her because it's happened so often. But you have some women that are in that top 3% that rarely get approached. So it can be refreshing. But the question becomes, are you approaching someone that has dealt with that 30 times in a day or the one that's heard it for the first time? I don't play with numbers. I just show up. I just have a conversation. I just talk. It's not complicated. And if someone wants, chooses to make it more complicated than it needs to be by playing me to the left or, or you know, whatever it is, that's fine. You just made my life easier. I don't have to deal with the senseless nonsense. I just, I keep it moving. And it's no love lost. You didn't hurt my feelings. I'm not in middle school anymore where I'm afraid of rejection. Rejection is not a negative thing. Sometimes God is just taking people out of your out of your path that you don't need to deal with. I let him deal with it. It's like natural selection. Not everybody is supposed to make it. That's fine. But the person that I'm going to vibe with is going to respond in kind. When I say, hey, my name's AJ. I've seen you, you know, whatever. I was checking you out. I thought you were very attractive. I would love to have a conversation with you. Get to know you a little better. Chris, let, 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 me, let me switch it up a bit. Um, you're married. I know your wife. I know how you met. Do our listeners know? Not that they have to be in your business, but what, what approach did you take uh, that I guess you can say eventually led to uh, your, your matrimony with your wife? Okay, well, first I'll say, listeners, yes, you are still listening to Dude Logic. <laughs> and yes, you are still listening to the episode about Know Your Booze. But somehow it has transformed <laughs> into something that we don't know about. We're still drinking. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. we'll get back to the wow. booze in a second, but I will answer your question. Uh, my approach was just to be kind of the helpful one in a in a foreign environment. So okay. because in the environment that we met, I was the one who kind of knew a lot of people, whereas, you know, she was very new. I was kind of the helpful one. And 
kind of worked my way in that way. So, I mean, a pretty yeah, a pretty standard approach, I would think. Okay, let me ask you this: the first time y'all went out, what did you drink? Oh Back man, I had a rum and coke, man. Wow, you remember? Yeah, yeah, I had a rum and coke. Congratulations, <laughs> buddy! <laughs> <laughs> what was the location? What was she wearing? Well, the lo- the location was uh, it's this place called Deltas, ah, which I is in the town of New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, it's over uh, near the Rutgers University campus. Shout out to Rutgers University for uh, not accepting me into their internship program. Neither here nor there. You can. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer your second question, AJ, red top, black bottom. Boom! Wow, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's how you know. Now, what what made you choose the the rum and coke? At that time, it may have been because I was a little I was a little bit of a novice when it came to knowing my liquors and everything. So I wanted to stay with something that was very. Um, I wanted to stay close to the vest. And what what year was this again, Chris? This was two thousand six. So you were still. This was like you had one semester left in school, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So could it have been that you were a little broke too, and rum and coke tends to be a little bit expensive? It, yeah, it was really because I was a novice, and we kind of wanted to stay close to best, really. All right. So if you all were to go out now, what would be your drink of choice? You know, man, I, I think I am good with the straight tequila, man. That that has been my thing lately. There you go. See, that's that's great minds think alike, Chris. Um, but no, but seriously, uh, Don Julio has always been one of my my favorites. Okay. Um, recently, El Himador is actually for the price. It's a it's a great value. If you're making margaritas, I don't know if you can make a better margarita than you can with El Himador. You're not going to break the bank, and it's not so good that you're disappointed that you're using it in a margarita. Um, Cabo Wabo has always been a favorite of mine. You know, you can't go can't go wrong with it. So actually, I have a story about Cabo Wabo. If you gentlemen will indulge me for a second. So there's there's a place in the city of brotherly love. I always talk about Philadelphia. I spent a good portion of my life there. And there's a place called Tequilas. uh, They serve Cabo Wabo at the tables, especially um, for people who have birthdays. And the way they do it is they have the shot glasses, obviously, filled with Cabo Wabo. And they surprise you by coming up to the table and slamming the shot glass down on the table. Wow. So there have been a few times where I've seen the glass shatter. And there's been one nice. time in particular where one of my female friends was having a birthday party there and they slammed it down in front of her and she almost wet her pants. Because, so, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's loud. It is extremely loud. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. The Cabo Wabo is very good there. They actually mix it with some lime. Hmm. And it's, some, it's like, you know, with fresh limes and lime juice, it is actually pretty good, dude. My favorite tequila, this is DeShane, y'all. My favorite tequila is the one that got the worms in it. So you going you know out of, like going down to Mexico? Thousand different varieties. Pretty much. I'm I'm just like from dusk till dawn, just give me the bottle with the worms in it. I'm good. As weird as that sounds, like that's the only kind of tequila that I really know. Mm-hmm. And I blame that on the the movie The Poltergeist. Um, because that's where I first saw it. But for whatever reason, to me, that's just one of the sm- more smoother tasting tequilas. And it, it always gets me where I'm trying to go. Period. 
Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, other brands out there aren't just as nice. I just haven't exposed myself to them. But I mean, it's certain certain alcohols you can't. It's almost like it doesn't matter what brand you get. Like some alcohols are just across the board good. OK. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I believe it's Herodura was the one I was looking for. Herodura, I think, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like their Añejo. Uh, unlike some brands, they actually allow it to age in cask, wood cask, for a good amount of time rather than actually adding artificial caramel color to give it a dark color or richer tone. It actually garners its tone from wood aging. And uh, I like I like the, the the flavor, the bouquet, if you will, that it, it gets because of the aging process. You know what I hate? What's that? Patron. You will not see me sipping on Patron. Yeah. Any of you out there who are foolish enough to keep drinking that, you're crazy. You're paying 50 to $60 more than you should be for a bottle. Don't get caught up with the name, all right? You have to be willing to drink and try different tequilas or any brand of alcohol to make sure that it's not just a marketing ploy and that it's actually a product of quality. I, I, I'm just going. Patron is terrible. Patron is your third string. It's awful. And as a man, you should never go below your second string. So if you're in the club or out somewhere and you're you're on your third string, you need to go home and count your money. You need to get your money right first. Then you go out and you get what you're supposed to get. You never go out and get, as I call it, the cheap stuff. Right. You do you you save that for when you're homeless under a bridge. That's when you go and get your Mad Dog 2020. You don't get that when you're out. I would rather drink Jose Jose Cuervo any day of the week than Patron. What about Cabresta? That's actually one I haven't tried yet, Chris. I've heard good things about it, and I plan on trying it in the near future. Yeah. But, uh, that's that's uh, one that uh, I've tried recently, actually. It Very it's cool. finally broke into my top five, and it, and it took a while because it was one of those where it it it, it has a grow on you. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I say I say so. It's, it's it doesn't go down as smooth as some, but Ooh. I mean it, it's definitely really good. Like you would enjoy it, I will say, AJ. It's, it's hard. It, I call it a hard smooth. If you could ever make a better oxymoron, it's a hard smooth. Yeah, it has this 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 real mean yeah. kick. But like once once you're past that three to five second phase, you're like, hey, it's not that bad. Well, uh, do either one of you? I mean, I've said it several times already, but I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of scotch. I mean, you know, I stayed away from it for years, and especially when I was in college, and uh, you know, we were drinking. Drinking not for the taste, but for the effects, hmm. and uh, we were we were being economical in our choices. Um, Scotch just didn't fall on the radar. But as I grew up and I realized that this is something that you actually wanted to develop a working knowledge of, I started to drink more Scotch. Are you gentlemen? You know, are you Scotch fans? In the words of Ron Burgundy, <laughs> I love Scotch, 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 Scotch. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, AJ, I can let me scotch. ask you then, what is yes. an appropriate situation for scotch? Uh, any day of the week. <laughs> so, let's let's say social Ooh. situations. Let's say... I mean, I'm in all seriousness, no. In all seriousness, scotch is a drink that I feel like is appropriate for any, any occasion. You know, whether, like we said earlier, whether you're at a, at a wedding or you're out on a first date or you're at home and you just wanted to have a little nightcap before you go to sleep. 
Um, I feel like it, it, it fits the bill. And there are so many, and that's the thing is there are so many different flavors within scotch because, because of the aromatics within scotch, there's so many different flavors. It, it can pair well with different meat. So whether you're having a seafood dish or you're, you're eating some lamb or some red meat, some, some steak, beef, some steak, there's a scotch out there for you. If you're smoking cigars, which I can't stand cigars, but you know, for, for those who do, yeah, it's doge. it will, uh, it will definitely pair well with it. Um, I, I just think that there's a great diversity within the, the family of scotches that lends it to any and all situations. Now, I can give you a couple of my favorites. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had it, but I'm a fan of Glenn Levitt. And in particular, my favorite of all of the Glenn Levitts is their 16, which is the Glenn Levitt Nadura. If you haven't had it, it's one of my favorites by far. And I like it because it has a very, it's, I mean, it's extremely high in alcohol content. But because of that, it has a very soft finish. It, it kind of melts on your palate pretty, pretty much instantly. And uh, the bouquet is very nice. So try that. Lafroig. If you like a deep, peaty, woody taste, Lafroig is awesome. And uh, those are for two single malt scotches that I like a lot. But I also enjoy some blended scotches from time to time as well. You can't go wrong with the Johnny Walker. And for my money, I love Green Label. A lot of people are into the blue label, you know, black label, but green label is my favorite. Let me tell you a secret. When I was down in the Dominican Republic, shout out to the DR, at the club, their number one alcohol that they sell by itself, black label. And, you know, shout out to the DR and their club, that's the number one drink that they give out. And let me tell you, after going through two bottles, I've never seen my eyes cascade that low before, but it was so smooth that you just, you kept them coming. You kept them coming. And it was weird because they served in the, in, in the Dominican, you know, most darks you would serve with another dark, like Coke uh, or something like that. They were actually serving their black label with 7-Up. That's interesting. I would never drink black label with 7-Up. It would be, <laughs> it's like, why would you ruin a good scotch with such a sugary, disgusting drink? Anyway, uh, it's the Dominican Republic. They're and still two bottles. I mean, come on, man. I know you're a lightweight. It must have been two of the sample bottles. No, no, no. These these were liters, sir. Two big, of the sample bottles. Big boys. Who'd you have with you? Uh, it was actually just myself and one other person. Uh, it should have been a group of four, but two of them couldn't make it. So it was two people drinking. We basically had a bottle each. We were in the VIP section. Hey. Yeah. I mean, I'm just impressed that you remember the night. Congratulations. <laughs> I do. Uh, only because of the pictures. So uh, you had to recall it, huh? Yes. You had to recall it. It was a, it was a, it was a hangover moment. Oh, it was worse than a hangover moment. That 80% of the trip would not be known if it wasn't for the camcorder and cameras. And that was strictly because of the alcohol that was consumed. Was it worse than Tampa Bay? Yes. Wow. All right. When you're out of the country for the first time in your life for eight days and you don't remember three out of the eight, that means that you had yourself a damn good time. Sounds like, sounds like a plan to me. As long as I don't get an email, letter, or phone call from immigration saying that I have a teenager <laughs> looking for me as his father, I'm, I'm okay. But I digress. Black Label, smooth. It was one of my favorites, and that was the first time I'd ever, ever actually been introduced uh, to Black Label. Uh, I was more of the, you know, the American brands, you know, your Hennessy's, your Crown Royals, and they carry those as well. Um, but they do a good job of, of getting their own brands uh, out to you, and quite frankly, I, I enjoyed it. What about you, Chris? What What did you What do you think is is an appropriate 
uh, Scotch moment. Scotch moment? Or are you saying Scotch brand? Okay, let, let's go with brand since we've already kind of covered the moment. What what do you think is an appropriate Scotch brand? Uh, I mean, I like PR, Pernod Ricard. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely one of the bigger names. Right. But uh, it's a nice Scotch whiskey. Nice okay. Scotch whiskey brand. You got the stuff like Johnny Walker, obviously. But you know, the only thing about those really hard liquors do is that you gotta take it slow you gotta savor it because the thing is man you take too much of it and you're gonna end up hitting one of those drunk catchers and it's just gonna be it's gonna be out it's gonna be drunk, done drunk for catcher you. yeah drunk catcher you never heard of that that's, that's that sounds like an urban dictionary word of the day <laughs> yeah yeah it is the Urban Dictionary word of the day is... I've never heard of this ever in my life. Drunk catcher? Yeah, yes, Just yes. Just like Blizzard or, or Faced or like... No, so what is white no. boy wasted? A drunk catcher is an obstacle found in one's path that, while drunk, provides an incredible challenge to avoid. <laughs> like a Are chair. You, like, <laughs> like, like a two-inch curb, huh? This includes cracks in the sidewalk, low-hanging tree branches, abnormal curbs, and members of the opposite sex who are of questionable attractiveness. <laughs> Generally, these are ranked by class or degree of difficulty, class 1 being the lowest and class 5 being the highest. So, you down a bottle of bourbon, you're probably going to end up getting a class 5 drunk catcher. Yes. Yeah, a few beers, you may get a class 1. That is hilarious. I had a lot of Category 5s in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Y'all did. So Category 5 drug catchers, huh? Yes. Uh, I do not remember any of that. You were, you were, you were still <laughs> drunk at the time. I kind of sobered up. So I was able to witness everyone's Category 5. I was the only one that made it through the night, by the way. No, you didn't. We're going to leave that comment alone. Duh. Considering I saved us twice. Have you ever had a Category 5 moment, Chris? Category 5 drunk catcher? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my Category 5 drunk catcher was a uh, low-hanging branch on a tree, actually. <laughs> 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 Couldn't figure out how to navigate that crap, man. <laughs> oh, you know what my Category 5 was? It was a, a nightclub. Trying to get through a nightclub? trying to get out of the VIP section after the strobe light came on. Oh. oh that man. led to three hours of unknownness in the Hard Rock Cafe and Casino, Tampa Bay. Shout out to Tampa for giving me my greatest unknown moments in life. <laughs> three hours, I'll never know what happened. All I know is that when I was found, it was like finding Frodo in the mountain after he had destroyed the ring. <laughs> AJ, you had, a, you had a class five drunk catcher before? No. Well, what's the you highest haven't. you've had? Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Chris. Don't look, don't move past this. You haven't? You've never had a Category 5 moment? Do you I... remember Tampa Bay in the Club 112, less than two miles from the hotel? We're in the club, you're on crutches, the girl in the white mini dress after we had consumed the day's worth of alcohol in three hours? I, uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say? <laughs> you plead the fifth meaning it was a category five, huh? 
I'll let it go. Man, I don't remember this. I cannot confirm or deny any of this because it does not reign true in my memory. That's all I'm saying. I'll, uh, I'll... So his category five is his own personal memory. Basically. Yeah. Yes. I'm just not gonna speak to it. Is that a is that a dude logic first in which uh the mouth has been rendered silent? All I know is wow. all I know is when I when I had those crutches, I definitely was able to pull some sympathy from a few people. I'll say that much. But you were drunk, you don't remember that trip, remember? Hey. Hey. I remember all the moments that I was supposed to remember. Oh, <laughs> So, gentlemen, what about international libations? What about Chinese? Um, the only thing I support from China would be like computers and uh, electronics, stuff like that. No, I'm playing. I, I've never heard of of any Chinese alcohol. I think if I had an opportunity to try some, I would be I'd be interested in trying it. One of the things I love about going to to foreign countries is finding out what some of the local drinks are and. and and imbibing on the local fare, man. Uh, like one of the things that I found out about my, my many um, excursions was uh, cachaça. If you haven't had it, it's definitely worth a try. It's a Brazilian drink. And uh, I would liken it to a mixture of rum and tequila. It's made from sugar cane and it has a very smooth finish. Check it out. Check it out. For sure. Um, let's see. What else? What else? You know, when, uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had, man, when I was in, when I had the opportunity to study abroad in Martinique, and I've t- I think I've told you about this, Chris, uh, when I was studying French, and I got the opportunity to go to the St. James Rum Factory and try every one of the, the, the rums that St. James produces. Let's just say I had a great day, and I've never spoken French better in all of my life. <laughs> So what about actually? Uh, so a graduation gift that I got was uh, two whiskeys, uh, single malt whiskeys from the Suntory Camp Company in Japan. Oh wow! They have the Hakushu and they have the Yamazaki. All right. And how was that? I mean, very smooth whiskeys. Very smooth, sir. Like I mean, if you think okay, if you are a fan of something like Jim's Bean or Maker's Mark or something like that. These actually are much better than those, in fact. Hit you pretty hard, too. How, how many did you have before it really hit you? Uh, so I actually ended up, well, I, I got a liter bottle. I hit up okay. about uh, maybe a quarter of hey. it. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm going to let this one sit a little while. Really? After a quarter? Yeah, after a quarter of it. I, I ended up getting through about three quarters of it the whole night. But, you know, after a quarter of it, I was like, I'm going to let it sit for about 30. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like it's some good stuff then. Usually, for me, the 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 harder the hit, the better the alcohol for me. And what I mean by that is okay. in its content. You know, the, the everyday watered-down BS, you know, drink like water, but the stuff that really has content and thought put into the aging process, and, you know, that's when you really have to say, all right, I, I can't down this like I would a pitcher of Kool-Aid in an 80 summer's day. Like, I got to take my time. I got to sip on this stuff and I got to let it sit for a while after consuming. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. AJ? 
Can you say it again? Hmm. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, basically, the better the alcohol, the usually you have to let it sit. Like, you won't be able to, to down it all at one time. You have to, to work your way through it, basically. Well, you don't want to. I mean, anytime I've ever really had a great alcohol, you sit down and you hit that first sip and you realize this is something that needs to, I need to take my time with this. Uh, and you, I mean, you, you want to savor it. You, you want to enjoy it. You don't want to drink it. This is not Bernadette's or, or, or McCormick's from the bottom shelf. This is something that I need to really enjoy. Um, it's an experience, man. There's a reason why people have been distilling alcohol for millennia now. It can it can definitely enhance experiences if done right. Like this podcast right now. Bow. <laughs> Enhancing experiences every day. All right, so we talk about okay, club, wedding. What about something like you're on the golf course with business partners? Mm-hmm. What's a good drink there? Well, as an avid golfer myself, uh, you can't ever go wrong with a six pack, man. Like that's it happens when you're out. You're out there. They travel well. You know, you just put them in the, in the cart behind you. Uh, every gentleman needs a flask. If you don't have one, go get one. That way, you can right. take a little bit of anything on the on the on the course with you. Uh, that's that's how you got to do it, man. It's, you know, because golf is all about going out and having a good time. Uh, you know, if you're if you're just out there duffing it, which most people are. And most people aren't out here, you know, setting setting the course on fire like a Tiger Woods or a Phil Mickelson or or uh, Bubba, <laughs> one of my favorites, Bubba. Um, you know, just go out there and enjoy yourself, man. Don't don't worry about it, you know, and, and just have a good time. It's whatever you're sipping on, whatever you really enjoy. So, wow. man, it might be that tequila. I think for the golf course, you got to keep it simple. I think it has to be beer. You know, Coronas, Bud Light, Budweiser's type. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't partake in the harder alcohol. But I think because you're out there in the sun, you know, got the clubs and stuff, I think it's easier just to, to keep it simple with the beer than it would be trying to consume, um, you know, heavy liquor unless it's afterwards and you're, you're back at the lounge. To- so, yeah, uh, when you're back in the clubhouse, it's, uh, it's pretty much whatever. But to DeShane's point, you know, it's it sometimes there's nothing better on a hot, especially down here in Georgia, man, because you know how it gets. It's humid. It's hot. It's 100 plus degrees outside. There's nothing better than a cold beer sometimes. And uh, when you're out there walking the course, uh, you know, that's 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 about four point five miles. You got to put in with a with a cart. You know, sometimes you need to carb load, Chris. <laughs> sometimes you need to go ahead and get a little barley in your system, a little wheat in your system. You know, so we haven't talked about beers that much. What what is your palate used to in terms of beers? Once again, man, it's all about diversity for me. You know, if it's if it's if it's a lager, if it's an ale, if it's you know, I love pale ales. I love Indian pale ales. I like you know. Shout out to a Sweetwater, Atlanta Brewing Company. Sweetwater, all of the yeah, and man, Dank Tank. Really? Just throw everything in the same tank. <laughs> and let's just see what happens. Magic. That's what happens. Magic Hat is one that I enjoy. Magic Hat's good. Um, but you know what? I've, I've gotten into a lot of Belgian ales, man. Um, Duval. Delirium Nocturnum. Tremont. I mean, 
La Fin du Monde. Like, I, psh, man, I can go all in. Yeah. A good craft beer, man, is, is hard to beat. When people put love and, and heart and soul into it and you can taste it, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. I had a chocolate stout recently. Changed my life, Chris. Changed my life. Sounds pretty good. I, I need to look it up. I think I took a picture of it. I will find it and I will give it to the world through the podcast. So, you know, one that is quite common up north, but I don't think it's that common down south, Harpoon. Harpoon is, it's, it's making a name for itself. Uh, like uh, Jungling. Yeah, yeah. It's still Jungling has been around for a long time and uh, it's kind of taking it by storm, you know? a decent beer and you know you can't go wrong with that uh we down here in the south they're not opposed to drinking a pbr from time to time can i get a tall boy absolute <laughs> ribbon so so yeah i'm sure we have a lot of stories about pbr and natty light right yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh chris i did find the the chocolate stout that i was telling you about so for anyone okay. listening if you would like to try a great beer Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. Add it to the collection. You'll, you'll, you'll thank me later. If you, if you do try it, write in and let me know how much you enjoyed it. All right, Samuel Smith. I'm upset that we have not shared this yet, Chris, that we have not even talked about it. Being that we consider ourselves Southern gentlemen. The shine! Not to speak on moonshine and how beautiful it can be. <laughs> The shine. Moonshine. Oh, man. I could go for an apple pie moonshine right now. Um, a shout out to my boy's dad in Fort Valley, Georgia. Fort Valley. Making his own plum wine, his own peach wine, his own moonshine. Delicious and nutritious. And it will put hair on your chest. What's the best moonshine you ever had, gentlemen? Peach. Had to be peach. We got to go with Shane. With, with I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear about this new flavor because I, I'm, I'm a big strawberry person. I know that, you know, some people are like, what, what? But strawberry moonshine, I'm waiting on it to come out. Peach and uh, apple have been the top two for me right now. I'm waiting on strawberry to come in, though. Let me tell you something about moonshine. Okay? You can have a bad day at work. You go home and drink your moonshine. It's like drinking a cup of fuck it. Excuse my language, but that's because by the time you finish your cup, you transformed into a whole nother world. Like you, the, the, the issues that you had leading up to drinking no longer exist. They're not there. And it's not because moonshine is is evil or, or, or you know, sneaky. It's a straight up. Drink. And by the time you get done with it, you're going to feel a little bit better than you did prior to. Experience. I've had some bad days at work and I get me a cup of moonshine, and by the time I'm done with that cup, I'm laughing, I'm enjoying myself. Have you had any moonshine in your life, Chris? Well, you know, I haven't been down in the south in a while, and the moonshine was something that I didn't necessarily partake in that much, but I have had some in recent um, experiences coming down there, and I will say it, it definitely puts some hair on your chest, man. It's, it's like it's like a warm sunny day and in your cup it's like a warm sunny day in your cup it's like you're sitting out in the sun and all of a sudden the clouds part 
and more sun comes through and you feel this radiant heat. Yep. Double yeah, sun, baby. It, it, that's just how it is, man. Warms you up real quick. Puts you in a place where your confidence goes through the roof. I think they should start serving moonshine in the club. So what is an appropriate setting for moonshine? Uh, usually moonshine is consumed at the house. Remember, Prohibition back in the day, they weren't running Budweiser, they were running moonshine. You know, uh, although it is now sold in liquor stores, depending on what your taste is, you have some that are still being illegally distinct that bring you that top quality taste. It has to be at the house. It's, it's a home setting drink. Um, and it's just because it's still taboo in a lot of places. And because it hasn't been exposed in those settings, I don't think that it would, it would thrive right off bat in those settings. So you'd have to keep it in a close-knit setting to, to kind of start off with for me. Best moonshine I ever had. Distilled from watermelon. Watermelon moonshine. It's the smoothest thing I've ever had the pleasure of drinking. And to this day, I wish I had more. I need to find somebody else who's willing to take an experiment with how they are. <laughs> like it took me to a different place in time. All right, listeners, it's time for the segment. Did you see that? We'll talk about some current events and get the opinions of AJ and myself on what's happened in the news. Mm, did you see that? You have anything for us, AJ? Yeah, I do. Uh, so, did you see that? Uh, recently, the NFL just started off the new season with the NFL Combine, officially. And, of course, there were some some tragedies. <laughs> you know, some people who didn't perform up to par. And some amazing stories of people who played, you know, who, who might have increased their draft stock through one day. One of those people being Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> Did you see that, Chris? That 40 time, man. Oh, man. Six foot six, just short of six, six, 266 pound man beast running a four, four, seven unofficial. I think they have, they, they originally, they, they finally said it was a four, five, three. Yep. Running a four, five, 40. <laughs> at six foot six, two sixty six. That's that's wide receiver speed. In fact, that's faster, faster than, the than majority. wide receivers. Yeah. That's faster than the majority of the wide receivers in the league. You know, I mean, this is this is. You look at some of the the, the best wide receivers. Let's let's compare him to a uh, hmm, Megatron. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and put him next to Calvin Johnson, six foot five, two hundred and forty pound man beast that he is, at an inch and twenty six pounds, and only take off mm, approximately a tenth of a second off that forty. <laughs> and you have Jadavian Clowney, who is faster than every quarterback currently in the league, except. Maybe what Michael Vick RG3 and RG3. So actually, I saw a stat that said that he ran a faster 40 time than any starting quarterback in the league except for Robert Griffin since 2006. Yep, yep. So, yeah, (laughs) I wonder how many people I'm trying to figure out if they're going to convert him into a linebacker instead of letting him play with his hand in the ground down a defensive end. That was unbelievable. And, of course, he wasn't the only standout. Aaron Donald was another D lineman that came out of nowhere 
with uh, some blazing speed, some blazing times, just under a 4-7 at a three-technique defensive tackle. Talk about Warren Sapp coming back from the dead to play again. <laughs> and unfortunately, Michael Sam, after all the controversy about him coming out as a homosexual player, being the first person to say so before the draft, it was, you know, a lot of people had high hopes that he would perform well in this, this NFL combine. Right. Unfortunately, he put in some terrible numbers, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are. I hate to see any player who put all their heart and effort and soul into to being the best that they possibly can over the last four to five years. Show up on one day where everybody's looking at you and underperform. You know, I hope that he rebounds and at his pro day, he has an opportunity to do better. Because uh, nobody, regardless of what their sexual preference, orientation, sex, you know, race, whatever, you know, I feel bad for anybody who has, you know, one opportunity and isn't able to perform to the best of their ability. So the NFL Combine, did you see that? I know you saw that. Chris, you got any, did you see that for this week? Yeah, I do. Did you see that? Netflix and Comcast are coming together. So Netflix is going to directly connect its streaming video to Comcast networks. So users who have Comcast, Xfinity, they'll be able to get network they'll be able to get Netflix very easily through their Comcast interface. So this has caused a lot of ripples in the technology community, especially with people who are trying to form sort of streaming video type sites. And personally, I if I was thinking about making an online video service, I'd be pretty concerned about it. And if I was thinking about starting an application that transfers data online, I'd certainly be thinking about this because you got two giants in the industry getting together colluding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, of course, there's Comcast... definitely some collusion going on here. <laughs> of course, Comcast has come out with a statement saying that Netflix will not receive any preferential network treatment under this agreement. But mm. do you really believe that? Uh, no. Uh, isn't that the definition of collusion? <laughs> shout out! Shout out to one of our favorite shows, The League. Where's Michael Ruxin when you need him? <laughs> Ruxin, we need you to come and get rid of this collusion, sir. <laughs> so Netflix, Comcast, coming to every TV near you. <laughs> well, I know you I... saw that. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Man, I got rid of my cable a long time ago, so I'm not worried about it. Comcast is no longer holding a noose around my neck. I'm done. <laughs> Couldn't do it, man. Customer service. I was just like, I can't pay this much money to have y'all front of me left and right every month. I can't do it. Well, you know, it's consistently rated one of the worst customer service companies out there, along with Bank oh. of America. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible. The day that I turned in all of my equipment and said, stop charging me, was one of the best days of my life, Chris. It was awesome. I bet it was. It was amazing. You know what's even more amazing? What's that? Because I was actually ahead of my bills, they had to send me a check. Ooh. Ooh, it was nice. It was nice. I'm you know, sure. even though I was even though I was only getting the money that I had already given them, it felt good to take a little bit back from Comcast. It did. Oh yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. 
So, I got another Did You See That. Okay. And this one made me a little giddy inside. And and I, I use that word because it took me back to a, a, a younger AJ. Very, a very special place in my heart. But at the same time, I feel bad because, you know, someone else's misfortune may be my gain. Okay? <laughs> Did you see that? Robin Thicke and one of my bell ringers, Paula Patton, mm, are unfortunately not going to be continuing in marital bliss. They have decided <laughs> to go ahead and split up, made a statement that they will always love each other, which is a beautiful thing. But for whatever reason, the relationship just is not working out. Wow. That's unfortunate for both parties involved. I hope that they are able to get move on, you know, deal with the part, the hurt, the pain and, you know, find a way to separate in an amicable fashion, you know, and it seems like they're trying to do that. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, but Paula Patton, if you're listening, I am available and I'm on the rise. Okay. <laughs> Got a lot going on for me these days. Just, you know, AJ underscore the underscore trainer at Instagram <laughs> at AJ's Meltdown on Twitter. You can even hit me on my blog at AJ's Meltdown.com. <laughs> so you have to wonder whether or not this stems from the whole music video that he did with all the models, the naked models and all that stuff. Because, I mean, remember... <laughs> Remember they asked her if she was concerned about it and she kind of played it off. Pushed it off. She did. Yeah. She did the same thing with the Miley Cyrus situation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Let's be real. Let's be real. You, you know? think all this stuff has kind of come together into this cumulative effect where it's just like, oh man, this is too much. I can't take this anymore. I mean, personally, Paula, if you're listening, I wouldn't have done you like that. You know, you're such a special woman. I wouldn't have even had eyes for anybody else, girl. It would have just been me and you. You would have been my, my, in my, all of my videos. Why do I need another leading lady when I have Paula Patton on my team? That's all I'm saying. This is true. Robin, Robin, you messed up, man. You really messed up, dude. Really, dude? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's a really, dude. Really, dude? Are we going to combine? Really, dude? Paula Patton, you're just going to let her walk away? Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. But they do. They they have children together. So you know, uh, for the sake of their children, I'm 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 right about this, right? Uh, hmm. Yeah, they had a, they had a child together, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. And if that is the case, you know, for the sake of the child, I hope that they you know continue to be cordial and have a great relationship. You know, because I hate to see people get divorced and the kids to get caught in the middle and and things don't work out. But I'd be a great father, Paula. Just let me know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You and about five hundred thousand other men in line. Um, five hundred thousand other men aren't me, Chris. You know, and fortunately for me, you're already taken, so I don't have to worry about competing against you, sir. Uh, so so we're alluding to back in, earlier in the podcast, right? You talking about your charm and intellect will mm -hmm. shine above the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, reality is, sir. You know, I'm I'm pretty dope. I don't know, kind of a big deal. 
Well, let's hope Paula Patterson. Yeah, look, look, look. You know what? Our listeners are gonna be like, "This dude is is ridiculous." Like, does he really love himself that much? And the short of it is, yes, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, y'all, I'm not this uh, obnoxious on a regular basis. Um, but you know, seriously, it's just a show personality, right? Uh, it's just it's a little elevated form of who I am in real life. You know, got to give the people what they want. But exactly. um. Yeah, but there is part of me that's like, really, if I ever run into Paula Patton, I'm shooting for the stars, man. Like, uh, hey, uh, Paula, I know I just met you, but you want to go out sometime? Yeah, let's do that. I got you. I'll make sure everything is taken care of and just move on from there, man. Like, really? Come on, man. Really, dude? How do you let, like, how do you mess that up? It's, you know what? It's really not Robin Thicke's fault, man. At the end of the day, we got to blame this on on the one person who's truly responsible for it. Kevin Hart? No, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Kevin Hart ends up marrying her, that would be the funniest thing that ever happened. You know that, right? Yes. That would be hilarious. That would oh, be man. Hilarious. I want to see those episodes. Wait, is that why Robin Thicke decided not to be on season two? <gasps> oh, man. Oh, snap. Kevin Hart <laughs> was trying to get it Paula Patton on the low. <laughs> I yep. think we done yep. figured out the secret, man. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. That's what it is. Nah, but but straight up, I gotta blame Miley Cyrus for this because uh, it's just easy to make her the scapegoat for everything these days. She's wilding out. She's making some bad decisions with her life. So, you know, it's easy to say that she ruined another marriage. Huh. Yeah. Miley Cyrus, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you're going to be my scapegoat for the day. Huh. Well, I'm not going to get into really do because we already did a really do about Miley. <laughs> but... But did you hear about the story about her uh, giving Katy Perry a kiss and Katy Perry being quite surprised by it? Whoa, I did not. Yeah, apparently so she, she was at a concert and Katy Perry was like in the front row. Miley bent down and gave her a kiss and Katy Perry was like, whoa. I guess, uh, did she kiss a girl and she didn't like it this time? I guess so. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe it was just a little too dirty for her taste, you know? Maybe. It Russell was, Brand it was Miley after all. Oh man, you know that's crazy. When uh, you can was she ever married to Russell Brand or just like in a relationship? You know, I'm not sure. I think they were just dating. Yeah, you know, I don't keep up with this stuff anyway. Yeah, but and uh, apparently she's with John Mayer now. Oh wow, John Mayer has been with everybody in the industry pretty much. Uh, John Mayer, don't go after Paula Patton. Just please, just leave her for me. <laughs> leave that with a low, huh? Yeah, do us a favor. You know, just let somebody else have a shot. Do us a solid, John Mayer. Don't go after Paula Patton. Um, but yeah. Well, wait. You got the bell sound, Chris? Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead. Go ahead and uh, officially make Paula Patton a bell ringer. All right. Yeah, make it happen. And. uh yeah, so I guess that's the end of that one for me. Uh, Paula Patton, Robin Thicke split up officially. Did you see that? I know you saw that. All right, we'll end on something a little weird here. But did you see that? The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, is considering trials of something called three-parent embryos. So huh? this is a new technique. That what? is on ethically fraught ground. 
So what would happen is for people who are considering assisted reproduction, it would create a child that has DNA from three parents. It would be the mother, the father, and an egg donor. So not, not from two parents, three okay. parents. So, you know, regulators everywhere are grappling with whether Dude, that just sounds like that happen. just sounds like, you know, that just sounds like a real life species or splice, that movie Splice. Yeah. <laughs> where they created like a humanoid creature that killed everything it touched. I no, it's just this doesn't sound right. <laughs> this doesn't sound okay. Um, yeah. Species scared me when she was in that cocoon. And she turned into a full-grown... I might have to watch Species soon. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, but th- I mean, this this technique is cool. I guess logistically it's pretty cool because, you know, mitochondrial DNA is what's passed from the mother to the children. Mother to the children, right. correct. But this is actually a form of mitochondrial DNA replacement therapy so that okay. the egg donor's mitochondrial DNA is passed to the child just in case, like, the mother has some type of deadly disease or a gene for a deadly disease. So okay, in that so, sense, it's cool, but there are all sorts of ethical issues that are that Okay, are so here, so what what is the purpose of replacing the original mother's mitochondrial DNA with a donor? Well, they have a gene for something that's potentially deadly. Okay, so they can splice a particular gene from a, a donor and, mitochondria? And make it the mitochondrial DNA. And all right, wow. So does that erase the mother's DNA completely, or they're just taking like taking out that one expression of a gene out and replacing it? This is only mitochondrial DNA replacement. Okay. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Like I said, but you know what? You know how crazy that is because aren't aren't normal uh DNA tests that are done in order to trace your family heritage don't they use the mitochondrial DNA to trace your mother's heritage yeah because it's most preserved wow so you would not be able to trace your maternal line back yeah wow but i mean you got to think about it is that a worthy cause to to give up just to have life or have quality of life so i guess if the mother had something like sickle cell anemia. Would they be able to replace that with a healthy a healthy mitochondrial DNA that would not express well, uh, sickle cell? Well, particular sickle cell isn't expressed in the mitochondrial DNA. So it that, is not. That's, no, that's, that's okay. not necessarily a good example. Okay, well, uh, well, you being the scientist and you know, having a much better understanding of, of, of medicine than I do, uh, what are some conditions that may be expressed through mitochondrial DNA? Uh, well, one is very well known. It's called mitochondrial disease. Okay. And uh, what? How does, that, how does it express itself in the human body? So it, it's caused by dysfunctional mitochondria. And so the mitochondria generate energy for the cells. Yes. The powerhouse of the cell. Yep. Exactly. I do remember that from cell biology. Uh, Dr. J.K. Haynes, shout out to you. <laughs> So most symptoms are like poor growth. Uh, they have loss of muscle coordination, muscle weakness, visual okay. issues, hearing issues, learning disabilities, things of that nature. Okay. Oh, but, well, it sounds similar to um, MS. 
with the it muscular is. tissue. In fact, it is is commonly co-expressed with a lot of neuromuscular diseases. Okay. So a lot of the well, mitochondrial disease has a lot of the symptoms of neuromuscular disease. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So there's there's another example of a mitochondrial disorder. It's called Lay syndrome. Lay. How do you how do you spell that? L e i g h. Okay. And that is what we call an encephalopathy. Okay. And so normally, like kids under one years old will get it, and they just have rapid declines in function. So lots of seizures, uh, different states of consciousness, dementia. It's wow. really bad. Dementia at one? Yeah, at one. That's unbelievable. That is that would be very difficult for a parent to watch their child just kind of deteriorate in front of their eyes. Yeah, so you can imagine why this mitochondrial DNA replacement therapy is so enticing for people who have the genes for these diseases. Okay. But I mean, like I said, there are so many ethical considerations to to hurdle here. Okay, and that being, what what are some of the ones that you would you would see off the top of your head? Well, I mean, first of all, informed consent. There's no way to dictate informed consent, right? You're talking about a fetus. You you aren't going to be able to provide informed consent to a fetus that, of course, your mother, your mitochondrial DNA is not from your mother. Okay. And then how well, the procedure? At the same token. Children, children don't have the option of being adopted or not. You know, it's that kind of that decision is made for them. You know, yeah. And, and they're just told later in life, or not told in some cases, when parents don't inform their child that they've been adopted. Uh, you know that that decision was taken away from them before they were given the opportunity to to be even born. You know, so how is it any different in that light? Yeah. But, you know, I think the thing is people also, I, I guess the baseline issue is that people think that the geneticists are playing God in a sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it does kind of remind me of the movie Gattaca. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I didn't see it. <clears throat> oh, it's an excellent movie. You should check it out. Gattaca. Um, and it's spelled uh, using the four letters that encode our dna gtac ah, okay. yes so the movie is all about this future time where people there's basically a separation in the population of people who are naturally born who did not have their dna altered and people who uh had their dna altered they basically were creating designer babies they were removing you know different diseases, different uh, genes that express themselves in a negative fashion and basically putting all the, the positive genes in so they could do things like change eye color. Or if you had genes for someone being taller, you would make sure that those genes were expressed rather than having someone come out at five foot four, they come out at six foot four. Uh, and basically it created a society where people who did not uh, alter their DNA were looked at as second-class citizens and were not offered access to certain things within society. It's, it's a really, it's a great movie, honestly. I, I, it's one of my favorites. Right. But it does kind of, you know, 
it does kind of remind me of that in the sense that you know you're now creating designer children. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> you're eliminating natural selection. You're taking away things that are going to express themselves normally in the population. And you know, so I mean, how do you feel about I'm sure there are people who would advocate for natural selection who would argue against altering DNA, you know, that if it is in a, a child's destiny to end up having a certain disorder, it's for a reason. So, you know, an interesting topic of conversation is actually spurred by something I saw on Facebook not too long ago. And okay. I don't know, I may have recalled that you posted it. So it was something about about like 50 years from now, what the average human will look like. Okay. Uh, was, ah, was it the National Geographic study? Yeah. And it had a picture of a young lady who was uh, kind of bronze skin, freckled, curly hair. Yep. Yep. I actually exactly. posted that on my Facebook page a couple months ago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And she looked like she could be my cousin. Exactly. Yeah, very, you know, very race. Racially ambiguous? Racially ambiguous. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> very racially ambiguous. You know, she was... Like a darker type skin, mm -hmm. uh, definitely had some melanin in there, but with blue type eyes. Yep. Actually, they were gray eyes, aren't they? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Grayish green. It was. It was a nice little blend. Yeah, exactly. But the thing, my question here is that: is this a product of natural selection at its finest, or do you think this might actually be a product of making designer children? Could it be an influence of both? Oh, I mean, I do believe that, you know, we are as a population, human beings becoming more and more open to the prospect of interracial dating, interracial relationships, and you're seeing more interracial couples creating mixed race children. And it is, I believe it is a function of the fact that we are becoming less concerned with race and dating. I mean, it's still an issue, obviously, but we're making strides to get past it. Uh, 50 years from now, you know, that that's possibly two generations removed from where we are. You know, people have kids at 25, their kids have kids at 25, and you've got babies who have been mixed with a little bit of everything, you know? Um, but yeah, it definitely does, you know, the idea that science could play a role in that is intriguing. I mean, almost every facet of life we have, science has its fingers on it right now. Oh yeah, which it's, it's. I mean, honestly, what is the last vestige? What's the last thing that has been untouched by science? Wow, uh, no, I mean, you can't say it's religion because obviously that has been touched. Uh, Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even stuff like, even stuff like, you know, the discussion about homosexuality. Like, there was a huge story about the Uganda prime minister who was signing an anti-homosexuality bill and was waiting until he had all the prominent scientists in the country to come to him giving him evidence that homosexuality was more learned instead of genetic before he yeah. would sign the bill and wow. he actually ended up signing the bill so uh and you know president obama was giving him a lot of flack about it and he actually wrote a response a retort to president obama's criticism so i mean even this discussion of things like homosexuality is touched by science yes I mean, that, <clears throat> that's been something that's been discussed for years. You know, the idea of is, uh, nature versus nurture. Is homosexuality something that's genetic? Is it innate? Is it something that you have in you from birth? 
or is it something that you learn through the environment? And I've actually, you know, it's something that I've actually pondered myself. You know, at the end of the day, I realized that it didn't matter one way or another for me or for anybody else that, you know, was a friend of mine or somebody that I associate with, if they identify as homosexual, um, then that's, you know, they're still, they're still human beings at the end of the day. So I could care less whether it was something that was innate or something that they learned. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I guess it still is a fascinating discussion to have as far as science is concerned. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the FDA considering allowing the three-parent baby. I know you saw that. Chris, you definitely killed me today on the, uh, did you see that? Yours definitely spurred more com conversation than mine did. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it, man. I put a little bit of work into the podcast. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's now time for AJ's gripes. It's the place where AJ goes off about something that's bothering him. What is your gripe, AJ? AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. Ah, man, my gripe for this week. You know what? I'm just going to preface this with saying anybody that knows me knows I'm a tech head. I really love gadgets. Anything that has electricity flowing through it, I'm probably excited about it. Well, I'm a, I'm also a, a lightweight gamer. You know, I've, I've had a system, a console for, for years now, and I am upgrading to the PS4. And I'm excited about it because PlayStation has outdone themselves this time around but there's one thing that i'm very upset about and that is in order to play online against other people across this beautiful world now i have to pay one of the few things that i could say about the playstation 3 over the xbox 360 was that i had an online account that i never had to pay for playstation why have you done this to me why must you forsake me and make me spend money to play my friends online. I'm really not happy about this. I'm griping. PlayStation. Ah. Today, you are on my list of fails. Probably get over it tomorrow, though. But that is my AJ's gripe for this week. PlayStation, why am I having to spend money on my online account? AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. All right, great show, guys. I'd like to thank once again our friend D for coming on and being such a lively voice on the on the in the studio with us. Hey, uh, one uh, again, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love being on here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, nothing but love for all of our listeners. Keep hitting us up, sending in your comments, your requests. Uh, Chick Logic, I got. I want to be on an episode with Chick Logic so I can get cussed out by a female because of my manlike demeanor. Um, I love being on this show and I uh, appreciate the love and support that we've gotten. Uh, continue pushing us so we can continue to grow and get better. Love you all. If you want to follow me, as always, on Twitter is DeshaneATL, D-S-H-A-N-E-A-T-L. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, jokes, comments, deep thoughts, you name it. I put it out there. Um, and we try to have, you know, deep conversations as well. So hit me up. I'm always on. I'm always adding. Always got some material to put out there. Yo, like every week, you can reach me at ajsmeltdown.com. 
for my blog. Keep in touch with me. See what's going on in my life. I'm about to revamp it. It's going to be nice. Hit me on at AJ's Meltdown on Twitter. That's A-J-S-M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N. And on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer. If you want to see daily updates about what's going on with my life, videos, etc., hit me on Instagram. Chris, tell the people where they can find you and where they can find Dude Logic. All right, you can find me on Twitter, especially at, at @cgskeezy, and check out the blog www.thelifeandtimesofthemind.com, and you can check out the podcast on our website at www.dudelogicpodcast.com. Our podcast episodes are there. Lots of other little trinkets, too. We suggest you check it out. Check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash dudelogicpod. And on Instagram and Twitter, we put up lots of funny things. I need you to check that out at dudelogicpod. That's at dudelogicpod. And you can email us at dudelogicpodcast at gmail.com. Please continue to send in emails, positive, negative reinforcement feedback whatever you have please let us know what you think of the show for aj and d i'm chris signing off see ya peace y'all